0: I'm Lindsay and I'm Kathy from the kindergarten kiosk podcast, a part of the education podcast network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Does the idea of stress actually stress you out? Chances are you weren't taught how to navigate stress, so you've likely been figuring it out as you go. A little meditation here, maybe some breathing exercises, but not knowing how to address the issue can add even more stress. And adults aren't the only ones that experience stress. Oftentimes children develop adaptive coping skills to manage stress that will follow them into adulthood. These skills may or may not have a healthy long-term impact on general well-being. Whether you're an individual looking for guidance or a family seeking some support, join my friend Lynn at ConnectFlow Grow. As she launches her two new exciting memberships, Stressless Society and Stressless Family. Through these memberships, Lynn will help you or your family learn how stress affects your lives and healthy ways that you can combat it. To join Lynn's programs, go to my website, StephenMaletto.com, on the front page, or go to slash sponsors, look for the Connect Flow Grow logo, and select the class you think will help you the most either Stressless Society or Stressless Family. Get ready to get your stress under control. Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use, and my Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmuleto.com sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Mark K. Shriver. He's president of Save the Children Action Network and the author of several awesome books, including A Good Man Rediscovering My Father, Sergeant Shriver, as well as a former Maryland state legislator, and a husband and a father. His latest book is a children's book called Ten Hidden Heroes, a counting book with a message. What an awesome talk. So much to learn. Thanks for listening, and oh by the way, it would be so cool if you went to my website, stevenmalettocom slash reviews, and rate and review the podcast. Could you do that for me? Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college-accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that we'll be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stevamoletto.com, sponsors, Find the NVTA logo and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning!
0: You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now, here's Steve with this week's show.
1: Mark K. Shriver, president of Save the Children Action Network in Washington, D.C., created the Choice Program as a former Maryland state legislator. He is the author of Pilgrimage, My Search for the Real Pope Francis, and the New York Times bestselling memoir, A Good Man, Rediscovering My Father, Sergeant Shriver, which received a 2013 Christopher Award. Shriver lives with his wife, Jeannie, and their three children, Molly, Tommy, and Emma, in Maryland. Mark, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone.
0: Good morning, and thank you so much for having me on, Stephen. Really appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm glad that you're here, and I appreciate it. And uh, um, we're getting ready to talk about uh, your recent children's book called Ten Hidden Heroes, a counting book with a message. But before you do that, uh, you wrote a book about your father, which I mentioned in your bio, which is called A Good Man Rediscovering My Father, Sergeant Shriver. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your father in the Peace Corps?
0: Sure. He, um, I don't know if it's a little bit because he, he lived <laughs> 95 years. Wow. Uh, but he, uh, yes, he started the Peace Corps under President Kennedy. Uh, from scratch. And obviously it's uh, still flourishing now all across the world. Uh, Obviously based here in the United States, putting people of all ages in countries, uh, in communities around the world, uh, helping to uh, build up those communities and spreading what I think is the real meaning of peace, which is human to human contact. My father really believed, um, obviously had a deep faith in God, uh, but wasn't preachy about it. uh, Wasn't holier than thou. Uh, but believe that people working with other people um, could really make a difference and that that was the way that that people would knock down walls of misunderstanding of prejudice uh, that one-to-one human contact um, and i ha- think having been a world war ii veteran having been in some bloody battles um he understood uh, the impact of war but also understood uh, the impact of peace and that's what the peace corps is about it's about spreading The best that americans can offer about helping communities uh, with education with sanitation um, with uh, anything that that community needs Um, and that's where i think americans are at its best spreading that message of hope and spreading that message of of peace
1: and connection very cool as a former history teacher and and uh just a studier of history (laughs) um, you can't uh, go through history without knowing uh, um, running into your father's role. And I think that's pretty cool. So what was, what was that like writing a book about your father?
0: It was, uh, it was tough. I mean, you know, my mom had died. <clears throat> Actually, we went through a series of big losses. Um, my mother died a couple of weeks after uh, my mom died. My uncle, Senator Kennedy, Ted Kennedy died. And then about 13 months after that, my father died um and Sorry. you know i said to my brother uh after you know a couple of weeks after dad died i'm like what do you what do we do now what do you i don't know i mean you know what do we do and he said well, why don't you just start writing a couple of stories about daddy and we'll help you you know deal with his death and um, i started writing a few stories and what they meant to me and showed it to a friend he said well these are pretty good you know short little chapters of a book and i showed it to a couple of people, and. They said, if you write it out a couple more, you got a book here because it's, uh, to, it was an effort to figure out why the guy had so much joy. You know, why he lived 95 years, battled Alzheimer's the last few years of his life, uh, but seemed to get up every day joyful. Um, he was excited about going to work. And it was because I don't think he really saw it as work, Stephen. I think he saw it as a chance to make a little bit of a, a difference in that data, to, to, as corny as it sounds, to spread a little love. So the book is his son's uh, journey to figure out how his father lived his life in such a positive joy filled way, not happy because, you know, not every day is happy day. Um, but I think he had that sense of joy, that sense of hope, um, you know, he had it grounded in his faith um, and that his faith believed that every day was an encounter uh, was a chance to encounter God in a conversation with everybody and anybody. So he treated, <clears throat> you know, Big shots the same way he treated uh, you know little kids or the a waitress at his favorite store, uh, his favorite restaurant. I mean, people still come up and tell me today stories about my dad how they interacted with him and what a nice, good man he was, what a good guy he was to them. Uh, and that's what the name of the book is about. It's, he he did a lot of great things. The Peace Corps created Head Start, legal services for the poor, Job Corps, Vista. He spread Special Olympics all around the world with my mother. But it's not these great acts um, that defined him. It's these smaller acts of, of goodness uh, that I think really define who he was as a father and as a man. So that's why the book is called A Good Man, Not A Great Man. Um, so that's what that's about.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much for, for talking a little bit about it. I, I couldn't resist. I had to make sure that I, I asked you a question, some questions about him. So No
0: problem. I, uh, I was a history major in college, so I love history. And, uh, I mean, he's a historical um, you know character in the sense of what he did during the course of his life from you know fighting in World war two from experiencing the depression losing the family losing what money they had to going to high school college and law school all on scholarships so he lived that part of history and then he lived you know the administrations of president Kennedy and President Johnson and um, but I think what really defines a person is how they treat other people and as I said that's the goodness in his life and that's what This son wanted to learn from his father uh, from the notes that he wrote, which he wrote almost on a daily basis letters, you know, mailed them, put them under your door at night when you were staying at home to try to glean those messages from life uh, to to be a better husband and to be a better father um, and to be a a better uh, friend. That's what he did pretty well. Did really well.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I, I, went, I rambled on there.
1: That's all right. That's all right. I I love it. S- thank, thank you so much. I, I, you know, w- one of the things I want to make sure that I asked you about also is you're president of Save the Children Action Network. Could you tell us just a little bit about this organization and what it does?
0: Sure. I started uh, Save the Children Action Network, which is the advocacy arm for Save the Children. Save the Children's been around. You know, it's a big international nonprofit. Um, I work for the U.S., division of it, if you will. separate. They're all separate organizations around the world, Save the Children United Kingdom, Japan, Australia, you know, so forth. Um, Save the Children US. I ran their US programs until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but about six years ago, we started an advocacy arm, which was an effort to try to mobilize people here in the United States um, to fight on behalf of children and, their, and children's needs, to put pressure, frankly, on our political leaders uh, to invest in kids, not only here in the United States, but abroad as well. Um, So we are, you know, like other groups that are pushing the issue of the environment or, uh, you know, uh, gun control or the rights for state of Israel. And there are all these big groups that are very influential uh, in the political arena. And we thought that what we needed to do was to create such an entity for children. Um, And specifically for young kids here in the United States from zero to five to invest in those critical first five years of life uh, and it's broad, uh, broadened out a little bit to um, other issues here in the U.S. So it's Save the Children Action Network. Um, we do advocate, obviously, for Save the Children's work internationally. Um, so we're, we're you know encouraging political leaders, both on the federal, state, and local level, to invest in kids. You know, so many politicians say kids are our best investment. They're our future. Uh, but when push comes to shove, not too many people actually you know put their money where their mouth is. As a country, we don't invest enough in our children. Uh, so, SCAN, say the Children Action Network, is an attempt to um, mobilize people all across America. Uh, we're over 500,000 people now uh, to, you know, put pressure on their federal, state, and local officials to invest in children and to invest in childhood.
1: Excellent, excellent. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much, and uh, appreciate what uh, what you're doing there, and your organization as well. The, because uh, you're right, uh, people really need to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to supporting, trying to help the children that we're that needed so much. So
0: uh, and I think kids, you know, kids and particularly poor kids in this country, um, obviously children don't vote and their parents unfortunately don't vote at the same numbers as other uh, groups of folks do. So, you know, their kids, everyone smiles and nods their heads and say, yes, they're very important, but they oftentimes are not at the table when decisions are made. So scan say the Children Action Network is an effort to try to mobilize people uh, to do that to to get kids to sit at the table so that there and there are strong investments made in
1: children. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. It, you know and, and I'm going to use that as a segue into because your 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 chil- your new book is a children's book, and it's about uh, um, helping kids uh, see uh, how they can be um, identify heroes in their community as well as uh, um, be heroes themselves. Uh, um, uh, what inspired you to write and publish Ten Hidden Heroes: Accounting book with a message?
0: well, it's a, it's a fun book. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, where's Waldo, where you try to find the guy in the goofy shirt, you know, in right. a picture of uh, thousands of people, if you will. But in this case, we' it's a you know on page ten, it's ten hidden heroes that are helping the environment. on page nine, it's nine hidden heroes uh, that are helping on, on the issue of healthcare. Um, And, you know, I think in in America, we spend so much time focused on celebrity, on power, on fame, on, you know, how much money you have. And I, you know, I I think that's wrong. I think what we need to do is to lift up the stories of folks that are doing good work day in and day out. I mean, without getting corny Pope Francis, wrote a book on him as well. You know, I had a great quote a couple of months ago saying that. They're, they're hidden saints that live next door that through little acts of love are changing the history of the world. And when I first heard the quote, I'm like, changing the history of the world, eh, it feels like it's too much. But, you know, I think he's right. You know, there's so many people doing good things and we ought to lift them up and celebrate it. Um, you know, they're, uh, the, person, uh, the, uh, folk, the person who's helping the kids walk across the street to get to school safely, the crosswalk, um, you know, uh, doctors and nurses in the hospital, but also the custodian that's keeping the hospital clean, you know, uh, you making sure that the, the germs are minimized, if not eliminated, you know, the lifeguard who is putting not only sunblock on a little kid, but, you know, obviously making sure that the kids are safe in the pool, the parent who is helping in the home, the, the little girl in, on, on one of the pages who's blind, who's teaching her friend to read Braille, these are all, you know, even little gestures of love um, that we ought to lift up, I think, and celebrate. Um, you know, during the, the pandemic at the beginning, we wrote the, I wrote the book, and I say we, because it was really a family after our, our two oldest kids had come back from college, um, and they helped with the rhymes. There's, you know, each page is four sentences of rhymes. Um, you gotta make that really tight writing um, and then we had to come up with uh, you know, each of the heroes on each page. And the illustrator, uh, Laura Watson, did a fantastic job. She's bright, cheerful, um, you know, joy-filled uh, little uh, illustrations. They're great, I think. But the kids, we wanted to celebrate. My wife, Jeannie, and I and our children wanted to celebrate uh, people who are doing these everyday acts. You know, during COVID, we talked about essential workers. But I also read one of those people say, you know, I'm not essential, I'm disposable. Because if I get sick and die, you know they're gonna put somebody else here in the supermarket, or somebody else in the hospital who's gonna you know clean up the the rooms. And I think unfortunately too many people feel like they are disposable, and they're doing essential work. And I just this is effort ten hidden heroes is an effort to try to raise up and celebrate those people doing good work day in and day out that aren't getting paid a lot of money, uh, that aren't you know on the cover of People magazine, that aren't uh, loaded with a ton of dough. Uh, but these are people I think that, that are heroes.
1: It's awesome. Cause it, it really comes through that way. And it's just neat. Cause it makes you think about uh, just all the people that might be around you and, and the ones that, uh, even if you don't create a scenario around them, they're, you know, it just makes you think of all the different people that, uh, you run into. And it'd be easy as a parent talking with your child about, uh, you know, the people that they see. Um, and who, who could we recognize? I, I love it. That's
0: well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've heard from a lot of uh, grandparents, uncles, aunts, parents that are said, you know, when they sit down and your kids say, why is the guy who's picking up, you know, bottles or a hero and they have to explain the importance of recycling. And right. you know, they say, don't throw your stuff out the window of the car, you know, plastic and glass can be recycled. That's good for the earth. You know, what are, why is the guy putting those, you know, square things on a house here? Those are solar panels. What's what's a solar panel, mommy? <laughs> you know, they have conversations about things like that. So it's not a preachy book. It is not meant to be a preachy book. It's meant to be a accounting book, an adventure book. It's meant to be fun. And if we have conversations about what's that person that's got his arm around that other, that's a Special Olympian. What's Special Olympics? Well, it's a program for athletes who have developmental differences. You know, and why is the person from Israel, a Special Olympics athlete, a hero, because he's got his arm around so many Special Olympics athletes from the United Arab Emirates, because they actually don't recognize each other. They do now, but when I wrote the book, those two countries didn't recognize each other. But I was at the Special Olympic Games, Stephen, in Abu Dhabi, where 80,000 people from the UAE, United Arab Emirates, stood up and gave a standing ovation to the team from Israel, even though their country, governments, didn't recognize each other. Those folks are heroes, because they're spreading the message of connection of human relations and now those countries recognize each other. I'm not saying it's because of Special Olympics, but I am saying that Special Olympics help to teach us all about, you know, what what we have in common is so much more important than what divides us. And I think those those Special Olympics athletes are heroes and they're spreading that message. And hopefully kids are having those conversations with their parents in a fun, non threatening, non preachy manner. So Still. Ten Hidden Heroes is supposed to be fun. It's got a little message in there and if you get it great if not read it again and maybe you'll get it a second time or a different way you know that was that was what it's about
1: that's awesome that's awesome and, and just you know that example of the athletes that's, that's so powerful um because people so actually powerful right yeah yeah so much so oh my gosh um it's just incredible
0: i've had a couple of people tell me uh <clears throat> you know um uh, jewish folks told me that you know they recognize that there's a rabbi in there. Uh, and they recognize the UAE and Special Olympics athlete arm in arm. And there's a you know, piece about um, people of different faiths, uh, the rabbis in there with uh, Iman and a um, priest and other religious leaders, because I think they're all trying to get us closer to a relationship with God. And, um, you know, that in, in, the, in the case of Special Olympics athletes in Israel and the United Arab Emirates, you know, were, didn't recognize each other, but the athletes were arm in arm. And there's a, you know, that's, there's a message there that kids pick up, you know, that they understand right. that we don't have to hate each other or separate each other or, you know, not like each other because you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're gay or you're straight or you're from the North, you're from the South, you're from the East, you're from the West. So it's a 10 Hidden Heroes is hopefully a lot of fun finding the heroes and then maybe even asking questions about why they're heroic for both, for both the little kids and frankly, the parents too. Oh, that's cool. I mean, do you really, do you really consider Stephen someone who is, you know, a Special Olympics athlete, a hero? Do you consider a young girl who's got Braille teaching her friend, uh, or who's blind teaching her friend to read Braille, you know, is that heroic? You know, it, 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 is the person who's helping your kid cross the street to get to school safely really a hero? And if so, should they be paid more than minimum wage? Uh, <laughs> you it, know, if the person who's working in the hospital, the doctor and the nurse are hero- heroes, I agree, but is the janitor, you know, the custodian who's cleaning out the bedpans also heroic? And do we want to pay them, you know, a living wage? So they're kind of fun, interesting questions. I hope.
1: Well, it's uh, it's definitely uh, when you when you look at the roles that people play and uh, the different actions that they do and the things that uh, and it's what they do day, day after day. I mean, everything from you know, like you, you mentioned, you have the uh, I work in a world where the custodians often are you know, they're there, but they're invisible. And people, you have to remind people that uh, the, the role that they play to make sure that everything's taken care of the way it needs to. I mean, just this just this last, uh, this fun last year, um, you know, many of the custodians were the ones uh, spraying down the buildings and doing the, you know, helping to protect, uh, you know, the, doing the cleaning and all that sort of stuff to help make sure that children yeah. can step back in the buildings. And, you know, there's any number of aspects of it. And it's just, you know it's it's so powerful just to send those message and i and i got to tell you something you mentioned a second ago that i want to make sure i i said was that uh, the illustrations are so nice they're bright colorful and cheery and yeah. uh, it's a neat little community and each page feels uh is kind of filled with kind of hope and uh, wonderfulness thank i guess is the way so
0: yeah thank you thank you i uh, i agree i i thought laura watson did a great job she's the illustrator you know we looked at uh the, the kids were all home we were all in lockdown you know last year and we had a couple of folks that we you know looked at as potential illustrators a bunch of folks and we all took a secret poll our three kids my wife Jeannie and i and uh laura watson was number one you know every in everybody's uh, vote so um uh, real honor to work with her because they're bright um you know they're 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 joy filled um, so the book 10 Hidden Heroes is really about that, you know, joy filled search, um, learning how to count and hopefully asking some good questions, readers of all ages about what we really consider important. And that example you gave about, you know, a custodian, you know, making sure the kids can go back to school and the school's safe for the hospital safe for the office space is safe. And you use the word invisible. I think they're they're seen as invisible too often. Um, so this book is a little celebration, you know, my father going to go back to your first question or one of your first questions about dad. I think really my father didn't see anybody as invisible, um, that they were, you know, if you really believe in God and you believe that we're made in the likeness and image of God uh, and that God loves everybody. Wow. That's pretty powerful stuff, you know, and the guy or the gal who's the custodian slash janitor in your office you know, comes in at six o'clock to work the night overnight to make sure your office looks like nice you're in the room there. That person's a human being. right? And is not invisible. He's got a life and a story unto himself. And my dad had a unique ability to treat that person, with the same, you know, respect and dignity as you know, he did the president of the United States or that, you know, a Pope or a Cardinal or a big shot, you know, money person. Um, and treated them as a human beings; they weren't invisible, and I think that's what Ten Hidden Heroes is about. You know that these people aren't invisible; they're they're human beings, and they ought to be celebrated and thanked.
1: That's, that's,
0: so it sounds really preachy, but it's not. I <laughs> swear, it's not a preachy book. <laughs> well,
1: it's not, I, and I can I can attest to that. It's it's not at all. And uh, and uh, um, matter of fact, the the words and the pictures and everything just kind of flows together, and it uh, I could see it generating the questions from the kids very much so about why this is yes. in here. But I, I think, uh, um, especially since, um, that not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm a, a big Spider-Man fan and all kinds of stuff like that, but especially with, uh, you know, Hollywood and such very focused on superheroes, um, it would be possible for a kid to go, well, you know, there's <laughs> what power does this person have? Well, let's talk about that. I think that's cool. So.
0: That's exactly the idea. I mean, just uh, as a spoiler alert, there are no superheroes in the sense of Spider-Man or Batman or anybody jumping off of buildings with superpowers. Superheroes are, you know, living next door. I mean, the superheroes are, you know, the, the people that are going and disinfecting the buildings and making sure, you know, that your childcare is open or that the uh, people are being fed during the pandemic. Or uh, superheroes are. Uh, You know, are your mom and dad that are putting food on your table every day and helping uh, make your home, um, you know, uh, beautiful and filled with love uh, that are struggling to do that. You know, superheroes, the older sibling who's taking care of the younger sibling when he or she gets hurt um, and spreads a little bit of love in the house. It makes the house a little more peaceful and a little more more loving. And again, I sound so preachy and I don't (laughs) want to be and I'm not, I swear. Uh, That's what, you know, that's what the book's about. the book about my father is about, and even Pope Francis' book, um, it's about trying to figure out how to spread goodness as compared to division. Um, You know, division and hatred and conflict sell, you know, because people want to see that or for some reason. But I also think more people want to see goodness and understand why we're, you know, how, how people live good lives, lives filled with joy. I think most people act that way. Uh, and that's what the book is a celebration
1: of. Very cool. And, and, and you, just as a note, you keep saying it, it, it's not preachy at all. I mean, you get, and I, and I love it. So I love what you're trying to celebrate, which is cool. Cause I think it comes across loud and clear through there. Lots of conversations can be had with, with family, which is going to bring me to this. Let's talk a little bit about, I think, I think it would be important for a parent to read your book with their child. I mean, any thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, again, grandparents, uncles, aunts, best friends, whatever, can sit down and put a little kid on your lap. Uh, I mean, it's, I work with Save the Children, right? And we know that 90% of brain growth happens in the first five years of life. I mean, that's a huge thing, right? Yes. 90% of your brain growth happens in the first five years of life. So the number of words that kids hears hear makes a huge difference. Um, you know, nursery rhymes all these things that uh, so many of us took for granted that our parents gave us books, reading to us, telling us stories, uh, the, you know, the, those the synapses of your brain, literally your brain grows uh, based on the number of words you hear. So it's really important. That's why I think this is so fun is, you know, kids book, uh, can be read over and over again and hopefully on page five you have a different conversation than you do on page six and next time you read it maybe it's different on page two than it was last time so there's all sorts of different ways um for the you know brain to fire up and for different questions as a result of reading 10 hidden heroes and i hear that from parents i hear it from um you know uncles and aunts and and friends that give it to their friends kids so it's fun um and i think the more time kids are spending learning from their uh, adults, more bonding that's going on there. It's, it all helps the children develop uh, into adults, into young readers that will flourish in elementary grade, high school, and beyond. So it's, hopefully it's
1: a, it's a great tool to use. Very much so. Very much so. And I, and I got to say this because there's a website that goes along with it. That's really cool. Yet there's some activities on there uh, that have things like uh, making finger puppets and coloring pages. And one of the things I think is really cool, it has a certificate that the child can complete and give to a hero. Uh, why are these activities included? I mean, where, where'd that child come from, that part of it come from?
0: It's, uh, you know, the website uh, is great. It's uh, 10hiddenheroes.com, I think. I uh, You can just Google 10 Hidden Heroes. There, and there's a series of activities that you can do. you know provoke further conversation and have fun Um, you know there's charades you can play and all sorts of games you can play in there with uh, little kids and based uh, on the the book I was at a public library the other day where they took each page and laminated it and there's a park across the street from the library and kids can walk through the park and read you know page 10 and then you know whatever 20 yards down the way it's page 9 and 20 yards after that it's page 8 There are all sorts of creative ways that people can use the book. Um, And it was just an idea to keep the conversation going, uh, to have fun with the book um, and to have fun with the conversation and to learn with the conversation. Um, So it's uh, you know, the website is great and uh, the noise N O Y E S you know, public library in Kensington, Maryland set up this uh, park, walk. And that's fun too. And kids are loving it. So I'm a bunch of children out there running around looking, reading the pages and then pointing out things and they run down to the next, you know, page laminated 20 yards down the way. And it's fun, it's fun. It,
1: very cool. It is. It's really neat to add that added aspect to it, you know, expands the book and that's, what's neat. The, uh, and, and another thing that's on, on the website is this idea of, uh, um, people being able to share their own stories. And I was wondering if you've had some of those. People go there and share.
0: Yeah, they—they, they, uh, you know, I—I I, I have heard, uh, you know, actually from a couple of folks about the Special Olympics activity. You know, they—they're, uh, you know, about the Special Olympics athletes. Why are they? Why are they heroes? What's Special Olympics? Why are the? Why are Special Olympics athletes heroes? What is Israel I and mean, what is United Arab Emirates? You know, they, why are those countries? Why are they there? I don't get that. And you know, that people have to explain. At one point, they those countries you know, we're fighting, what are they fighting over? I don't know. You know, and it's like crazy conversations like that. There's a, there's a young lady in the book, in the book, 10 hidden heroes. That's uh, the lead in the wizard of Oz and she's on crutches. You know, there's a, why is somebody in, in a play who's got crutches? How can that person be a hero if they are, you know, disabled? There's a, there's a young kid participating in a run for the homeless, raising money for the homeless who are, who's in a wheelchair. You know, how can somebody who's in a wheelchair participate in a run, you know, daddy? (laughs) So there are, you know, great conversations like that. And I have gotten a bunch of them, particularly, um, you know, pre-K kindergarten teachers are using this first and second grade uh, are using this because it's accounting book, um, you know, and um, they're using it as a, as a teaching tool. So for teachers out at Montessori teachers, pre-K kindergarten for second, third grade teachers, um, they're, prov- they're using it as a teaching tool. So that's been really uh, gratifying, Stephen, and, and been really, um, you know, exciting for me as a, as an author.
1: That has to be, that's, that's very cool. Yeah. And, and uh, just a note, Mark, we're coming up on, uh, coming close to the end here. And I just uh, wanted to uh, ask you, uh, you know, before we close, if someone and just wanted to learn more or uh, where would you send them to first? know, to send them to the website or uh, if they want to?
0: Yeah, well, they can go. There's a Ten Hidden Heroes website. It's available in you know uh, online bookstores, Amazon, Walmart.com, in your independent bookstore, um, you know, uh, Bo- uh, Barnes and Noble. It's everywhere. The book's for sale. It's it you know it's sold a bunch already. So it's fun getting the message out there about goodness. Um, they can go to you know if they're interested in Save the Children and the work that uh, I'm doing there, or Save the Children Action Network. People want to get mobilized and. Um, get engaged in a community that cares about children and tries to uh, work together to impact legislation and budget decisions. They can go to Save the Children Action Network or Save the Children. Um, you know, 10 Hidden Heroes is, is for sale everywhere. So I'm, I guess I'm shilling right now, but it's, <laughs> I hate, I don't like shilling either, but it's a fun book. So I hope people enjoy it. I hope parents, uncles, aunts, you know, godparents, whatever, have fun with the little kids on
1: uh, with the book. Oh, I think they will. I think that, uh, especially because it just encourages, I think it encourages parent child interaction, um, while they're reading and looking and talking and, and, uh, reading the story and counting and so forth. So I, kudos to you. I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a neat book and an awesome message. And before we, uh, before we go, I have uh, two questions I'd like to ask you that are, I'd like to ask my guests. And one of them goes like this, you know, when, when lots of things are going on and it gets a little overwhelming and you might want to quit, how do you not quit? How do you keep going?
0: That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think I just go back to my role models, my mom and my dad, um, other people that I really admire, you know, Martin Luther King, um, big, big admirer of of his, um, you know, folks that just showed up and went to work every day, you know, that knows that every day is not going to be perfect or happy, um, but that every day is a chance uh, to try to make the world a little bit better. You know, you don't have to, my father did create the Peace Corps or Head Start, you know, or, or create the Special Olympics like my mom did. You can just spread a little bit of love in your home or in your neighborhood or at your job and uh, just keep plugging along, you know. I love that uh, quote. I suppose that, I don't know that it's true, but I've heard that Winston Churchill got up to, to give a graduation speech in the middle of World War II. And his graduation speech was this, never, never, never. Never, never give up. And then he sat down. I mean, it it may have been you know, may have thrown in a never ever or an extra never in there, but that was it. At least that's the way it's been told to me, and I've said that to our kids. (laughs) Just don't give up. You know, just get back up on the horse. You know. And you're gonna get knocked around, you're gonna, you know, Teddy Roosevelt talked about that getting in the arena of life, you know, that the easiest thing to do is to be a critic and to sit on the sidelines and criticize everybody. Hardest thing is to get in the arena and get knocked around, to get bloodied, to get beaten up. Um, But that's where the credit belongs. It's to the person who's in the arena. It's to the person who never, ever, ever, ever gives up. And you know, that's my folks did that. Uh, I mean, it's hard. I don't do it every day. I mean, I get grouchy. and. (laughs) you know, lose faith and get discouraged. So I think that's natural too. But you got to, I think, uh, ask for help from your friends, your neighbors, from God. My parents went to mass every day. They they realized they weren't God, which is kind of a silly comment, but it's true. (laughs) I think a lot of us think that we're almost God-like and we can do it all by ourselves. And I think my parents realized, I know my parents realized they couldn't do it by themselves. They needed each other and they needed most importantly, a relationship with God and that's what gave them joy. Boom. That gave them energy. Boom. And you know, my father never used an alarm clock. He was just up every day, ready to go. Uh, You know, my mother used an alarm clock, but you know, they were up and fired up, ready to go to work because I don't think they saw it as work. They just saw it as a chance to make the world a little bit better every day. And again, I'm sounding preachy, but Wow. That's a lot of energy. So that's my long answer is you'd never, ever, ever give up. It's hard, but you got to keep trying. I
1: love it. I love the answer. That's awesome. Uh, so cool. The last question is this, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say, thank you.
0: Wow. I've had so many great teachers and I don't mean just in the classroom, you know, I mean, uh, Dr. Oakes taught me high school history. Uh, he was great, you know, brought the energy every day and he's been teaching at the same high school I went to. He taught our son who went to the same high school. Can you awesome. believe that? That's awesome. Um, you know, Mr. Fagan, who was a football coach, my high school football coach, who taught me a lot of lessons about how to behave when you were winning and how to behave when you were losing, um, you know, in sports, which were completely transferable to life. Uh, you know, in college I had, uh, bunch of great teachers, you know, Professor Vanicelli, who died, um, Father LeBran, Father Kuznewski. I mean, I just had a, a ton of teachers, you know, the uh, first job, you know, I, a summer job, Bob Brown, um, who worked in an upper bound program, taught me how to, you know, tutor kids and work with kids and, you know, be joyful as I worked with kids that were struggling academically, a number of a couple of whom I've stayed in touch with through t- 30 years. I mean, I could keep going, pal. I mean, I got a lot of, teachers. We all got teachers. My mom and daddy, even though they're in heaven, teaching me every day. You know, my father left me notes. I often think about, you know, when I'm dealing with, when my wife and I are dealing with our children, if something happens, good or bad, how do my parents react? Is that the right right way to react? So my parents are still teaching me. I say thank you to them um, every day. I mean, I could keep going. You want me to keep going? I,
1: <laughs> I love it. I love the. I love your, it's, it's awesome that you, you're being thankful like that. I think it's, it shares a lot. So I think that's cool.
0: I mean, it's just a lot of people, uh, you know, just a lot of them. Miss Wilson, who was my father's favorite, uh, waitress. <laughs> um, she went to work at our the high school, um, because the restaurant closed down and she went to work at the high school where our son went to school. She's an ordained minister. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know serves uh, lunch at to you know uh, the kids at Georgetown prep high school our son Tommy learned a ton from her how to behave you know how to say thank you uh, she preached at the high school it's a catholic high school and they had her up there preaching um, you know one of the best uh, sermons and we've gone down and listened to her preach miss wilson is you know powerful teacher and she's you know in some people's eyes, just the woman who doles you know, gives out lunch at, at, a, at a cafeteria in a, in a private high school, but she's a heck of a lot more than that. Ms. Wilson's a teacher and she's, you know, uh, I'd say thank you to her and I do say thank you to her. I see her, talk to her, you know, Special Olympics athletes, I can keep going.
1: I love it, I love it. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, a uh, woman I talked to, Elaine Carney, all the time was in Special Olympics, one of the first people that was in Special Olympics with my mom in the 60s. Every day. How you doing, Mark? Love you. Keep, keep going, Mark. I'm like, thank you, Elaine. That's cool. (laughs) She's great. All right. Let's end it or else people are going (laughs) to hang up if they haven't already. (laughs) This
1: is awesome. This is awesome, Mark. Mark, thanks so much for talking with me today. I mean, 10 Hidden Heroes, Accounting Book with a Message is awesome. It's, it's incredible. It, uh, it has uh, just, just, it's fun and it has, it's um, beautiful the way it's designed and, and so forth. And I think it'd Great interaction with the parent and child reading it together. Um, you know, thank you so much for sharing, and, and I wish you best all you do.
0: Thanks, amazing. I really appreciate you having me on. Take care.
1: Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's ca- got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser-cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to BoonRings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours teaching learning leading k-12 is excited to be a member of voice ed radio voice ed radio your voice is right here teaching learning leading k-12 is a proud member of the education podcast network podcasts for educators podcasts by educators the opinions expressed on teaching learning leading k-12 are those of the guests and host Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.